0: Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there, and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. Pray with me, please. Jesus, we we worship you. We praise you, Lord. We thank you that you are alive the greatest feat in all of human history, rising from the grave. You're the only one to ever do that. You're the only one that has the power to do that, Lord. Reveal Yourself to us, Lord. Help us see how glorious Your resurrection is, how amazing the good news of the gospel is. And I pray, Lord, that that this truth would strike our hearts, Lord, and, and would lead us to rejoice and celebrate and have the hope that we find in your resurrection. Lord. Have the, the, we have all the proof that we need to know that you are God as, as you appeared to many people and showed yourself to be true. You didn't just claim to be God, but you proved yourself in the resurrection. So we praise you. Bless this time, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So, today is a, a special day, right? It's Easter Sunday, the day that we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Like I said, the, the greatest feat in all of human history. If Jesus hadn't risen, we wouldn't be here, right? There would be no church. There would be no Christianity. We would have no hope, right? We live in this, this fallen, broken world, and, and we wonder, well, why is the world this way, right? Right? Is there a God that, that cares about this world? And through the resurrection, we see that we have a, a God who has come to deal with the brokenness of this world, right? And, and it began through his resurrection where he, we offered salvation and he redeemed sinful people. He brings, ushers in his kingdom. He is the king and he promises one day to return and restore all things right? So the, the resurrection gives us hope. We look back to the resurrection for hope, but we can also look to the future for hope because of Jesus' resurrection, right? The, the promise that one day there will be no more evil, no more pain, no more sickness, no more suffering, and we'll dwell in God's kingdom for all of eternity. And so the resurrection is important. First Corinthians fifteen fourteen, Paul tells us, uh, he says, if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and our faith is in vain. He also says in verse 17, if, if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. And in 18, he says, if Christ is not risen, we're, we're the most pitiful of all people, right? We are to be pitied. And so the resurrection is really important, Right? The resurrection is is no secondary doctrine. It's it's a primary importance, and so Friday we 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 remembered the death of Jesus, and today we're here to celebrate it, and that's what we see in in this tomb in this uh, story today. After Jesus was crucified, he was laid in the tomb of a rich man. The, there was a large stone rolled to cover the tomb, and and this kind of this picture here kind of illustrates. What it might look like, right? So there's this large stone to to clo- clo- uh, stone to close the tomb, and, and Roman soldiers were placed there to guard the tomb to make sure his body wasn't stolen. And the interesting thing is, is despite all of Jesus's uh, predictions, he had told his disciples repeatedly that he was going to die and r- rise again. They don't seem to to get it. They, they have no idea, no concept of resurrection. And so on Friday, when Jesus is risen, they're, they're downcast, they're broken, they're disappointed that, man, they think it's over, right? They think that the, the cross was too great of an obstacle for Jesus Christ. And, and, and they all kind of flee and, and head home. And, and this, this account tells us about uh, Mary Magdalene in her experience. And it's it's interesting that Mary Magdalene was the first person that Jesus appeared to. And she, other gospel accounts tell us that she was going to the tomb to prepare his body for burial. After Jesus was crucified, they they rushed him and, and, and put him in that tomb uh, fast, and they didn't do the proper burial. Uh, they didn't give him a proper burial uh, because they were getting ready for the Passover feast. And so she goes to to finish preparing his body she's she's coming in here on a sunday uh, a morning, and so she she gets there and she sees that the the stone has been rolled over right she finds this this empty tomb, and it tells us that she immediately dashes off to tell tell the disciples she she shows up to peter and john and and so she 's coming the first report of jesus 's resurrection is from a scared and, and sorrowful Mary and again she's assuming that the body has been taken or stolen she says that that they have taken the Lord in verse two you'll see there and notice she doesn't say the Lord has resurrected she she genuinely believes someone's got to have taken this body she has nothing in her mind is clicking that Jesus might be alive and, and and we'll see that the the implications of that as we go on now there's some interesting Jesus uh, details there that show us that this is John's eyewitness account. If you notice here, John is writing this book, and he calls himself the disciple that Jesus loved. Now, whenever I, I, I've read that, I, I've thought, man, man, that, that's kind of a cocky claim, it kind of seems like, right? To, I, I was the one that Jesus loved, right? But that is, not, that, that is not his heart behind it. John has some of the most amazing uh, teachings on on the love of Jesus. If if you go read, you know, John's gospel and and 1st, 2nd and 3rd John, you'll see his strong emphasis on on Jesus's teaching on love. So he he was probably an affectionate guy and and he also really grasped on Jesus's teaching on love. And so I think that that was his heart behind it. Another thing that you'll inter- uh, interesting about John here is you'll notice in this account he tells us that the other di- disciple outruns Peter, he and, and I always, I've always thought this is super funny, right? This is such a guy thing that he has to include that. Yeah, the other disciple—he's talking about himself. I outran Peter. I would make sure if I if I wrote that if I beat someone, I'd put that in there because I don't—I'm not very fast. So, <laughs> and it tells us he—he he, so he when he, John gets there, he pauses. He he stoops in to peek in, and and Peter just plows right in there. That's, a, that's just kind of Peter's personality, right? He goes head first into everything, and then John follows him in. And there's some d- interesting and significant details. When they go in, they find that his body is gone, and they find his, his grave clothes, right, the, the clothing that he had been wrapped in, the linens, uh, folded up neatly, right? The face cloth and the lin- and linens, in, in and that's a amazing evidence for a a supernatural resurrection, right? Think about it. If someone had stolen his body, they wouldn't take the time to fold up the clothes nice and neatly, right? The Roman guards were there, right? They're not going to take the, there's going to probably be a, a battle, a fight. There's going to be, you know, blood evidence around there. And, and so his, his, clo- his face cloths are closely uh, are folded up clo- neatly, Also, think about this. Like if grave robbers came in, you're not going to unwrap a dead body and carry away a dead body, right? What's worse than carrying a dead body? It's carrying a naked dead body, right? No one's going to carry a naked dead body. Uh, uh, That would be pretty disgusting. So, and and grave grave robbers would have grabbed this, right? This is some of the most valuable things. And so you'll see here, because John saw this, because he saw those cloths, it says he believed. He believed. Yet at the same time he believed that he still didn't understand that Jesus had had risen from the grave. So something was going on in his heart where he he believed. And man, Jesus is God. I, I, and he just doesn't quite get it yet. He didn't get how the you know, all the Old Testament scriptures pointed forward to Jesus' resurrection. And, and that's what Jesus does. He spends that 40 days appearing to all his disciples and, and tons of people showing him how all the Old Testament scriptures were pointing to him and, and proving that he was alive in the, in the flesh. Now, now we see here in the second part, we see Mary is still there. She's outside of the tomb. She's crying. She's broken hearted. You can imagine that not only does she think Jesus is dead, but she thinks someone has, has desecrated his body, right? His, his body's gone. She's broken. She's, she's sobbing. And it tells us that she stooped in and, and, and looked in there. And she was startled to see that there was two angels dressed in white. And she sees these angels, and, and they ask her why she's weeping. They have taken my Lord, she says, and I do not know where they have hid him. And I thought this was all interesting. For, for some reason, she doesn't get freaked out when she sees these angels, or at least it just doesn't tell us what, what her reaction was. In Matthew chapter 28, it tells us that, that earlier that day, that Sunday morning, that an angel had appeared, you know, bright, white, like lightning, and he, and he rolled away that stone. The, the stone from the tomb and the the guards that were there shook and became like dead men and so i always imagine these tough roman soldiers the the most powerful soldiers in the in the world right now at this time right these are not paul blart mall cop security guys right and so my my when it says they shook and be de- like dead men i always picture them like Dios mío! You know, like passing out, like, you, you know, when a, a woman gets startled. And, and that's what really, that's what happened that day. So it's amazing to me that that Mary is, is, is so calm in this. And I think it's just maybe the angels uh, don't uh, conceal their identity, right? And, and they're there to to comfort her. Now, here's where the story gets good. In verse 14, she turns around and sees Jesus, but doesn't know that it's Jesus. She assumes that it's a gardener. Uh, now Jesus was buried in a rich man's tomb, so I can understand that assumption, right? That that this is a gar- uh, a gardener. Maybe he's uh, he's tending to the body. Maybe he's moved the body, and, and 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 so she asked to to tell Jesus where have you put him? She asked him where where have you put him? Uh, so I can take him away. This is it's funny that she offers to. I, I'm going to move this body by myself, right I think that's just part of her her passion and her love for Jesus. She's so concerned about the body that that she wants to she wants to pick him up and move him if she has to and again she she is not thinking of a a a Jesus who is alive, and I think that's part of her not recognizing Jesus right because that's a pretty strange thing right She doesn't recognize Jesus. And I, I think part of it, maybe she just assumes he's a gardener. She's looking for a dead man. Part of it may have been that she's stooped so low, she's, she's so in her grief that she doesn't really look up to see his face, right? Have you ever gone to a restaurant and you order some food and you're so caught up in the menu, you order and then later on you're, you're like need some ranch or something or a refill and you're like, who is the waiter? I, I do that all the time. And so I think that's that might have been, you know, she's just looking down. She's not looking for a live person. She's probably blinded by tears. But what happens in verse 16, Jesus says Mary's name, and immediately she recognizes him. You know, maybe it was the, the tone of his voice. Maybe it was the, the, the care and concern, or, or maybe it was just God. And in his grace, opening her eyes to see Jesus. The resurrected Jesus opening her ears to, to hear and, and recognize his voice. And I think that was definitely part of it as well. Now, I, I ma- it says here, she, he says, don't cling to me. So I imagine she's, she's so happy. She's so elated that she grabs Jesus and she says, teacher. She's so excited. Yet I got to imagine there's some fear and, and, and confusion there at the same time. And she clings to him, and Jesus says, one of the most amazing things in all of Scripture. Check out what Jesus says, verse seventeen. He instructs her not to cling to him, but go to his brothers, the disciples, and tell them that he's alive. Right? Go to them, tell them that he's about to ascend to the to uh, my Father and their fa- Father, my God and their God. Right? Jesus uses this this. Familial language here. He calls the disciples his brothers. He calls God their God and my God. He calls the Father their Father and my Father. And so that's one of the most significant things that we see that happens in the resurrection is, is God brings us into his family, right? He, he adopts us into his family. The cross dealt with our sin, right? It dealt with God's wrath. Because sin makes us all stand before God, a good and holy God, guilty, right? You can imagine a courtroom where we stand before the judge. The the verdict has been read. We're guilty, and we deserve judgment and God's wrath. And and, and on the cross, we see Jesus going and taking our place in that courtroom and declaring us innocent. But what's happening here now is the resurrection is going beyond the courtroom. The resurrection is bringing us into the family of God, adopting us into his family, right? God is our God and our father. And so if we, if you, maybe you don't have a father, right? God's your father. If you don't, if you didn't have a family, well, God gives you a family. He gives you brothers and sisters. He gives you the, the intimacy, the bonds, everything that we need. We're created for, for relationship. And so this is the intimate relationship that God offers. He brings us into the, the, the most amazing relationship of all this. the re- relationship with God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He brings us into that Holy Trinity relationship. We're united with Christ. And so what we see here is after this, Mary obediently responds, and she goes and tells the disciples that Jesus is alive. Now, the question we have to ask is, who was Mary looking for? Right? That's the question that Jesus asked her. He asked her, Mary, who are you looking for? Now, the answer was obvious, right? Right? She was looking for Jesus. But the deeper answer to that question is she was looking for a dead man right she was looking for a dead man she wasn't looking for jesus among the living and and so and so i got to ask you who is it that you are looking for right are you looking for a savior are you looking for family friends love well those things cannot be found among the dead they need to be found among the living And that's the good news that Jesus Christ is alive, right? So everything that we're looking for, all of the the fulfillment, all of the satisfaction, all of our deepest desires are fulfilled only in Christ. Colossians chapter 1 says that we're created by God and for God, right? We're created for Him and deep intimate relationship that Jesus offers here. But our problem is, Sin makes us look among the dead, right? We go looking among the dead, and we don't know what we're looking for, but we're looking among the dead. And so if we want to find true life, we need to look among the living. We we need to look to Jesus. Another amazing thing about this is that you'll see is she's looking for Jesus, but she doesn't find Jesus. Jesus finds her, right? She was frantically searching for Jesus, who she thought was lost, right? His body has been lost. But when Jesus finds her, she finds out that she was the one that needed to be found, not Jesus. So I want to tell you a little story to illustrate this. So there was once a mother who was at at an amusement park. She goes on on a ride with her her little boy, right? They're, They're having fun they're laughing, they're, they're enjoying their time together, and they stop to get a snack. And while she's buying, buying some cotton candy, when she looks down, her boy's gone. And the mother frantically is, is running and, and searching through the park, looking everywhere, calling out his name. Tears are streaming down her face. Right? She, she is having a, a complete meltdown. And, and, and 30 minutes later, She sees her boy. He's sitting on a a bench next to an old man, eating on some popcorn. And when the boy sees her, he says, Mommy, you were lost. Right? Who was lost and who was found? She's frantically searching, but the boy says, No, Mom, you were lost. And and that's a picture of, of Mary, right? She's frantically searching. She's crying. She's in tears, and yet she's the one who's lost. And so we're we're just like Mary. We're just like the woman at the amusement park, right? We're running through life, frantically searching for life and, and for meaning of life, and it only can be found by Christ finding us, right? And so the good news is Jesus is here. Jesus is alive. Jesus is ready to find us, right? That's a picture of Jesus is, gonna, is ready to, to save those who come to him in faith. He's the Savior. And so if we want to find true life, we need to confess that we've been looking for life among the dead. Right? How have you looked for life among the dead? Ask yourself that question. And you have to believe that Jesus is Lord. Right? He is resurrected Lord, the King of the universe. And he's living. And he has proved himself. He didn't just claim to be God. He didn't just claim to be king. He didn't just claim to be Lord. He proved it in the resurrection. You don't need any other sign or any other wonder. You don't need God to show me a sign in the stars or something. He's already shown us the greatest sign. And that's the resurrection. And then we need to ask Jesus to, to find us, right? Admit I'm lost, Jesus, and I need you to find me. Save me. Show, my, show yourself to me, Lord, is what we need to ask him. And the amazing thing is then, then God brings us into his family, right? He justifies us, gives us his righteousness, and welcomes us into eternal relationship with him. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I, I just thank you for the, the wonderful truth of the cross, the wonderful power of, of your resurrection, Lord. I pray that none of us here today would would go unfound, Lord. We wouldn't leave here lost, Lord. You're here. You're revealing yourself to us. You're calling us. I pray that we would hear your voice, Lord, and and turn to you and cling to you and and say, Teacher, my Lord, my God, Uh, bless the rest of this day, Lord. I pray that anyone that's here that's new Lord would be come into the family of God, Lord. And the church is is just that the physical demonstration of, of your family. We're the extension of of uh, of of you, Lord. So bless this time, Lord, we worship and praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen.